This is Father Kevin Hale with the homily for the 18th Sunday of the Church's year, the 5th of August. One of our national newspapers has as its advertising banner, words are powerful, choose them well. We have been introduced in recent times to the phenomenon of fake news and how lies and untruths can wreak havoc in society, in politics and relationships. We find it difficult to discern which words we can trust, whose version of events is the authentic one. We want truth, but there is only one place we can really definitively find it. When we come to Mass each week, we hear a vast variety and number of words. There are readings from the Bible for a start, and then the prayers of the Mass, most of which have been part of the liturgy from time immemorial. There is the danger that if we have been spoken at for a long period of time, we can always become immune to what we are hearing. But the words that are spoken or proclaimed during the liturgy are indeed words that can be trusted because they are the words of God and we listen with attention. Last week we spoke about the opening rites of the Mass in the light of chapter 6 of St John's Gospel. And this week we want to come on to, this, to the next part of the Mass, which is the liturgy of the Word, the part of the Mass when God speaks to us. We sit down for this, which implies a posture of passivity, but it should be anything but passive, because when we come to Mass we meet Jesus and we're fed by him from two tables, as St Augustine says, the table of the Word and the table of his sacrament. Now, a word about how we listen, because the truth is we can't take in everything we hear from the readings at Mass. But there might be just one phrase or even a word that will stay with us and resonate perhaps for the rest of the day or the week. This will be even easier if, before we come to Mass, we read through the readings. We could do it with our families the night before, or in our private prayer, or as our spiritual reading. That way, when we come to Mass, if there's no homily, or it's a bad homily, you've already kind of written the homily yourself because you've prayed these readings ahead of time. Each Sunday there are four extracts from the Bible read, usually two from the Old Testament, a prophet or historical book, and the psalm. Pope Benedict XVI said that there is something beautiful about the psalm because he says it's the one part of the Mass where we get to use the words of God to speak back to God. A lot of the time when we go to pray, we don't know what to say and we can't find the right words. So this is the one part of the Mass where God himself has given us the words we say to him. The second reading is normally from a letter of St Paul and the Gospel is meant to be thematically related to the first reading. So try and spot the connection between the first reading and the Gospel. We sit and listen not passively, but attentively to these readings. But we stand in an attitude of readiness and vigilance for the words of the Gospel. And we make more fuss of the Gospel because it's the words of Jesus himself. So we accompany the book with candles and incense at a solemn Mass, 
and we greet it with a song or said Alleluia. Now we love languages, we love Latin, we love Greek, and Alleluia is Hebrew and comes from the term meaning praise God. We are singing or saying praise God as we process with the book of the gospel. Now because it's dangerous and challenging territory to hear Christ's own words, the priest says, the Lord be with you, because it's a huge and awesome thing to listen to Christ speaking to us. And at every Mass we triple sign ourselves to show that we want to have God's word in our mind, that his words will be on our lips, and that we may love his word. Those little signs, which mean something, we've done literally hundreds and hundreds of times in our lifetime. But just think occasionally about what they mean, because everything in the Mass has a deeper meaning. I've already alluded to the homily. Part of your training as a priest is spent giving you the necessary communicational skills to translate heavy theology into ways that people may grasp the mysteries of faith. It's also a bit of an art, if I'm being honest with you. And preaching to a very disparate audience on a Sunday is never going to touch everyone in the same way. So just be a bit sympathetic to the preacher who's usually trying to do his best. We pray the Nicene Creed normally at Mass. The Apostles' Creed is said in Lent and Easter because it's more expressive of the baptismal promises. Now there's a lot of emphasis in the Nicene Creed though on who Jesus is and how he is of one true substance of God. And this was thrashed out at a council in Nicaea in the year 325 AD and it gives us a wonderful theological picture of our belief in the Godhead. It's even more thrilling when you go on pilgrimage, say to somewhere like Lourdes, and everyone can sing the words of the credo in our common language, credo in unum deum, as we shall do presently at the Mass today. The liturgy of the word and the first part of the Mass concludes with the prayers of the faithful or bidding prayers. These are really your prayers, and so we pray for things that are current events like peace in the world or a natural disaster for our beloved sick and the faithful departed. These are invitations to pray and we respond to each by asking God to grant us what we are being asked to pray for. Now in England, uniquely, these bidding prayers conclude with a prayer to the Mother of God because that's been the custom from the Middle Ages and since the time of King Richard II we've been known as the dowry of Mary because she is our special patroness and protectress in this land. God gave his people manna from heaven as we heard in the first reading as they made their way through the wilderness to the promised land. God feeds us in the same way until the end of time on the food that is his word and the sacrament that is his body. Our reflections over this summertime on the Mass, ensure that we can live continually in thanksgiving for this great gift and thereby never take it for granted. Let us pray. Draw near to your servants, O Lord, and answer their prayers with unceasing kindness, that for those who glory in you as their creator and guide, you may restore what you have created and keep safe what you have restored. Through Christ our Lord. Amen.